section nine of tales of the jazz age by f scott fitzgerald this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by don w jenkins tarquin of cheapside running footsteps light soft-soled shoes made of curious leathery cloth brought from ceylon setting the pace thick flowing boots two pairs dark blue and gilt reflecting the moonlight in blunt gleams and splotches following a stone's throw behind soft shoes flashes through a patch of moonlight then darts into a blind labyrinth of alleys and becomes only an intermittent scuffle ahead somewhere in the enfolding darkness in go flowing boots with short swords lurching and long plumes awry finding a breath to curse god and the black lanes of london soft shoes leaps a shadowy gate and crackles through a hedgerow flowing boots leap the gate and crackles through the hedgerow and there startlingly is the watch ahead two murderous pikemen of ferocious cast of mouth acquired in holland and the spanish marches but there is no cry for help the pursued does not fall panting at the feet of the watch clutching a purse neither do the pursuers raise a hue and cry soft shoes goes by in a rush of swift air the watch curse and hesitate glance after the fugitive and then spread their pikes grimly across the road and wait for flowing boots darkness like a great hand cuts off the even flow of the moon the hand moves off the moon whose pale caress finds again the eaves and lintels and the watch wounded and tumbled in the dust up the street one of the flowing boots leaves a black trail of spots until he binds himself clumsily as he runs with fine lace caught from his throat it was no affair for the watch satan was at large to-night and satan seemed to be he who appeared dimly in front heel over gate knee over fence moreover the adversary was obviously travelling near home or at least in that section of london consecrated to his coarser whims for the street narrowed like a road in a picture and the houses bent over further and further cooping in natural ambushes suitable for murder and its historic sister sudden death down long and sinuous lanes twisted the hunted and the harriers always in and out of the moon in a perpetual queen's move over a checkerboard of glints and patches ahead the quarry minus his leather jerkin now and half blinded by drips of sweat had taken to scanning his ground desperately on both sides as a result he suddenly slowed short and retracing his steps a bit scooted up an alley so dark that it seemed that here sun and moon had been in eclipse since the last glacier slipped roaring over the earth two hundred yards down he stopped and crammed himself into a niche in the wall where he huddled and panted silently a grotesque god without bulk or outline in the gloom flowing boots two pairs drew near came up went by halted twenty yards beyond him and spoke in deep-lunged scanty whispers i was attuned to that scuffle it stopped within twenty paces he's hid stay together now and we'll cut him up the voice faded into a low crunch of boot nor did soft shoes wait to hear more he sprang in three leaps across the alley where he bounded up flapped for a moment on the top of the wall like a huge bird and disappeared gulped down by the hungry night at a mouthful two he read at wine he read in bed he read aloud had he breath his every thought was with the dead and so he read himself to death 
any visitor to the old james i graveyard near pete's hill may spell out this bit of doggerel undoubtedly one of the worst recorded of an elizabethan on the tomb of wessel castor this death of his says the antiquary occurred when he was thirty-seven but as this story is concerned with the night of a certain chase through the darkness we find him still alive still reading his eyes were somewhat dim his stomach somewhat obvious he was a misbuilt man and indolent oh heavens but an era is an era and in the reign of elizabeth by the grace of luther queen of england no man could help but catch the spirit of enthusiasm every loft in cheapside published its magnum folium or magazine of its new blank verse the cheapside players would produce anything on sight as long as it got away from those reactionary miracle plays and the english bible had run through seven very large printings in as many months so wessel caxter who in his youth had gone to sea was now a reader of all on which he could lay his hands he read manuscripts and holy friendship he dined rotten poets he loitered about the shops where the magnifolia were printed and he listened tolerantly while the young playwrights wrangled and bickered among themselves and behind each other's backs made bitter and malicious charges of plagiarism or anything else they could think of to-night he had a book a piece of work which though inordinately versed contained he thought some rather excellent political satire the fairy queen by edmund spencer lay before him under the tremulous candlelight he had ploughed through a canto he was beginning another the legend of britomartis or of chastity it falls me here to write of chastity the fairest virtue far above the rest a sudden rush of feet on the stairs a rusty swing open of the thin door and a man thrust himself into the room a man without a jerkin panting sobbing on the verge of collapse wessel words choked him stick me away somewhere love of our lady caxter rose carefully closing his book and bolted the door in some concern i'm pursued cried out soft shoes i vow there's two short-witted blades trying to make me into mincemeat and near succeeding they saw me hop the back wall it would need said wessel looking at him curiously several battalions armed with blunderbusses and two or three armadas to keep you reasonably secure from the revenges of the world soft shoes smiled with satisfaction his sobbing gasps were giving way to quick precise breathing his hunted air had faded to a faintly perturbed irony i feel a little surprise continued wessel they were two such dreary apes making a total of three only two unless you stick me away man man come alive they'll be on the stairs in a spark's age wessel took a dismantled pike-staff from the corner and raising it to the high ceiling dislodged a rough trap-door opening into a garret above there's no ladder he moved a bench under the trap upon which soft shoes mounted crouched hesitated crouched again and then leaped amazingly upward he caught at the edge of the aperture and swung back and forth for a moment shifting his hold finally doubled up and disappeared into the darkness above there was a scurry a migration of rats as the trap-door was replaced silence wessel returned to his reading-table open to the legend of britomartis or of chastity and waited almost a minute later there was a scramble on the stairs and an intolerable hammering at the door wessel sighed and picking up his candle rose who's there open the door who's there an aching blow frightened the frail wood splintered it around the edge 
wessel opened it a scarce three inches and held the candle high his was to play the timorous the super respectable citizen disgracefully disturbed one small hour of the night for rest is that too much to ask from every brawler and quiet gossip have you seen a perspiring fellow the shadows of two gallants fell in immense wavering outlines over the narrow stairs by the light wessel scrutinized them closely gentlemen they were hastily but richly dressed one of them wounded severely in the hand both radiating a sort of furious horror waving aside wessel's ready miscomprehension they pushed by him into the room and with their swords went through the business of poking carefully into all suspected dark spots in the room further extending their search to wessel's bedchamber is he hid here demanded the wounded man fiercely is who here any man but you only two others that i know of for a second wessel feared that he had been too damned funny for the gallants made as though to prick him through i heard a man on the stairs he said hastily full five minutes ago it was he most certainly failed to come up he went on to explain his absorption in the fairy queen but for the moment at least his visitors like the great saints were anaesthetic to culture what's been done inquired wessel violence said the man with the wounded hand wessel noticed that his eyes were quite wild my own sister oh christ in heaven give us this man wessel winced who is the man god's word we know not even that what's that trap up there he added suddenly that's nailed down it's not been used for years he thought of the pole in the corner and quailed in his belly but the utter despair of the two men dulled their astuteness it would take a ladder for anyone not a tumbler said the wounded man listlessly his companion broke into hysterical laughter a tumbler oh a tumbler oh wessel stared at them in wonder that appeals to my most tragic humour cried the man that no one oh no one could get up there but a tumbler the gallant with the wounded hand snapped his good fingers impatiently we must go next door and then on helplessly they went as two walking under a dark and storm-swept sky wessel closed and bolted the door and stood a moment by it frowning in pity a low breathed ha made him look up soft shoes had already raised the trap and was looking down into the room his rather elfish face squeezed into a grimace half of distaste half of sardonic amusement they take off their heads with their helmets he remarked in a whisper but as for you and me wessel we are two cunning men now you be cursed cried wessel vehemently i know you for a dog but when i hear even the half of a tale like this i know you for such a dirty cur that i am minded to club your skull soft shoes stared at him blinking at all events he replied finally i find dignity impossible in this position with this he let his body through the trap hung for an instant and dropped the seven feet to the floor there was a rat considering my ear with the air of a gourmet he continued dusting his hands on his breeches i told him in the rat's peculiar idiom that i was deadly poison so he took himself off let's hear of this night's lechery insisted wessel angrily soft shoes touched his thumb to his nose and wiggled the fingers derisively at wessel straight gammon muttered wessel have you any paper demanded soft shoes irrelevantly and then rudely added or can you write why should i give you paper you wanted to hear of the night's entertainment so you shall and you give me pen ink a sheaf of paper and a room to myself wessel hesitated get out he said finally as you will yet you have missed the most intriguing story wessel wavered he was soft as taffy that man gave in 
soft shoes went into the adjoining room with the begrudged writing materials and precisely closed the door wessel grunted and returned to the fairy queen so silence came once more upon the house three three o'clock went into four the room paled the dark outside was shot through with damp and chill and wessel cupping his brain in his hands bent low over his table tracing through the pattern of knights and fairies and the harrowing distresses of many girls there were dragons chortling along the narrow street outside when the sleepy armourer's boy began his work at half-past five the heavy clink and clank of plate and linked mail swelled to the echo of a marching cavalcade a fog shut down at the first flare of dawn and the room was grayish yellow at six when wessel tiptoed to his cupboard bedchamber and pulled open the door his guest turned on him a face pale as parchment in which two distraught eyes burned like great red letters he had drawn a chair close to wessel's prideux which he was using as a desk and on it was an amazing stack of closely written pages with a long sigh wessel withdrew and returned to his siren calling himself fool for not claiming his bed here at dawn the dump of boots outside the croaking of old bell dams from attic to attic the dull murmur of morning unnerved him and dozing he slumped in his chair his brain overladen with sound and colour working intolerably over the imagery that stacked it in this restless dream of his he was one of a thousand groaning bodies crushed near the sun a helpless bridge for the strong-eyed apollo the dream tore at him scraped along his mind like a ragged knife when a hot hand touched his shoulder he awoke with what was nearly a scream to find the fog thick in the room and his guest a grey ghost of misty stuff beside him with a pile of paper in his hand it should be a most intriguing tale i believe though it requires some going over may i ask you to lock it away and in god's name let me sleep he waited for no answer but thrust the pile at wessel and literally poured himself like stuff from a suddenly inverted bottle upon a couch in the corner slept with his breathing regular but his brow wrinkled in a curious and somewhat uncanny manner wessel yawned sleepily and glancing at the scrawled uncertain first page he began reading aloud very softly the rape of lucrece from the besieged ardea all in post borne by the trustless wings of false desire lust-breathing tarquin leaves the roman host end of section nine read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com